the United States and the Soviet Union on a sheet of ice in Lake Placid, New York. Muller trying to turn. There's the left foot. What a tracking shot. Johnny Muller. If you see a 9-9, Olga Corbett's won a gold medal. There it is. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. You're listening to a podcast from Key Moments in Cold War Sports History, an online archive series showcasing the work of expert historians. I'm Vince Hunt and I'll be hosting the series, asking each guest to choose an important document or artefact they think is of great significance in the Cold War sports arena. Humour has always been an integral part of sport, particularly the art of caricature. Add politics to sport and caricature takes on a satirical dimension, especially when the politics and sport concerned involve the Soviet Union. The magazine Crocodile poked fun at Soviet sport for decades. Alexander Anyanev from the University of Tübingen in southern Germany, which specialises in Eastern European studies, has made a particular study of its art. I imagine there's a fairly fine line in poking fun at Soviet sport. Soviet Soviet Union was a very interesting and fun country, but of course there were certain topics which were untouchable in the Soviet media. In USSR, you could not criticize criticize the party leadership, the uh, leadership of the country. You could not criticize Joseph, Joseph Stalin, for instance. Фактически не было карикатурно Сталина. In the USSR, you could not uh, create caricatures uh, depicting Soviet leaders or party, uh, communist party leaders. Uh, they were absolutely forbidden, and uh, it was a taboo. Uh, and uh, whenever they would appear uh, in the uh, Western media, the caricatures depicting the Soviet leaders or the Soviet uh, Communist Party uh, leaders, then they would uh, be so appalling uh, to for the Soviet leadership that uh, foresee uh, a start of a war over that uh, even. Who were the people behind Crocodile? Нужно помнить, что журнал «Крокодил» — это было фактически приложение главной газете страны, газете «Правда». You have to remember that Crocodile, uh, the magazine Crocodile, was essentially a supplement uh, or for the main uh, USSR's newspaper, uh, «Правда». Of course, it had a circulation of uh, many millions of copies, and uh, since it was a prominent uh, Soviet publication, uh, its team uh, incorporates it uh, only the best and only the most loyal uh, artists, journalists, etc. I suppose even uh, the Western reader is uh, perhaps familiar with such artists as Kukrenixi or Boris Efimov, who were uh, who were considered to be fighters. They were actually called fighters uh, of the ideological front uh, because essentially it was a war, and, uh, and the fight was real, and they were the real fighters of the ideological front. So this was a, a Cold War mm-hmm. fought mm-hmm. with cartoons. This was a cold war Yes, indeed. Who were the targets? Of course, the main target was the uh, horrible and ugly uh, Western capitalism and with its 
invidious, horrible, ugly scenes. Uh, everything for sale, everything for rent, uh, the uh, gangster loans, uh, the um, essentially the capitalist way of living and the capitalist Western uh, economic system and all the uh, vices related to such uh, exploitation and uh, mercantilism. Meanwhile, I have to add that uh, the criticism of uh, the um, managers of big plants or big collective forums or state corporations was also welcome and very much uh, prominent in this magazine. But the criticism of the uh, top leadership of the country and the Communist Party was not allowed and was inconceivable. So really, the caricatures were aimed at making fun of Western athletes for their decadent bourgeois ways. В основном критиковалась администрация. Спортсмены здесь изображались как заложники. When it comes to sports, uh, then uh, the Western sports, then the target of crocodile, crocodile criticism were, uh, were not the actual athletes, but their managers. Uh, uh, and uh, sportsmen, the athletes, were depicted as essentially hostages of this uh, uh, savage uh, sports system in the West. Uh, and again, uh, they were the victims. The athletes were the victims who were not allowed, for instance, in the case of Moscow Olympics, to participate in the Moscow Olympics because they had no free will. Also, very often, race uh, was an issue, especially when it comes to American uh, reality depicted in Crocodile. Uh, the Afro-Americans uh, athletes uh, were uh, depicted uh, as uh, running, but running away from uh, the exploitators or Essentially, it was their run uh, for freedom and uh, escape for life. Now, Alexander, you've picked a, a particular cartoon, a particular caricature for this series of, of Cold War sports history. Can you explain what you've chosen and why you've chosen it? One of the caricatures I presented at my uh, at my report uh, were the Western caricatures depicting the symbols, uh, the symbols and uh, the talisman of, of Moscow Olympics. And we are talking, of course, about the uh, lovely, cute uh, bear cup, Olympic bear cup. Uh, and uh, the Moscow Olympic rings. And very often in, in the West, uh, one could see that uh, the Bear Cup, uh, for instance, uh, was uh, uh, invading uh, Afghanistan with uh, an automatic gun uh, on his shoulders, uh, and uh, uh, the Olympic rings uh, were made, uh, in, in a caricature, were depicted as made of barbed wire, for instance. So it was quite typical. Alexander, it'll be interesting what you say uh, about Crocodile's depiction of the Moscow Olympics, because, of course, one of the big issues, the reason for the boycott, uh, was uh, Afghanistan and Moscow's intervention in Afghanistan. How did Crocodile see the Moscow Games? The Olympiad in 
обложки крокодила в течение 1980 was the famous uh, caricature from uh, an artist called Abramov, uh, a caricature called Passing the Olympic Torch. Now that caricature, famous caricature of Abramov, uh, depicted uh, a passing of the uh, Olympic Torch from uh, Moscow to Los Angeles, from Soviet Union to the United States. And of course, uh, the lady representing America and the American Olympics uh, was as ugly as sin. And uh, it had a crown which looked like a bomb, and essentially it symbolized all the vices and uh, horrible features of the, of the, of the Cold War. Uh, naturally, and uh, the title of the caricature was from a famous uh, Soviet uh, poet Mikhail Kov, uh, and also of Soviet anthem uh, as well. Uh, and uh, uh, the caption to the caricature said, "The goal of the boycott is clear: it is to ignite the Cold War." I've spoken to British athletes who say there was tremendous pressure put on them at a government level, not to go to Moscow. What was the feeling among Russians, among the Soviet Union public, about the way the boycott was being played out? Uh, the perception of uh, the Soviet people uh, here was uh, essentially that the sportsmen, the athletes of either United States or UK, or other Western countries who uh, didn't, who boycotted Moscow Olympics, essentially the athletes in the Soviet perception were the victims who were prohibited, banned from uh, attending the Olympic Games in Moscow. And it was not their will. And of course, people in the USSR lived behind the Iron Curtain and uh, there was uh, a lot of propaganda. One of the propagandist book or books of the time called uh, Olympic Games 1980s Through the Eyes of Americans. It was a very famous, uh, prominent book. It essentially uh, stated that it was uh, the fault of American administration, Carter administration, and the sports. it was not up to sportsmen uh, or sportswomen, the athletes to to decide it was not up to them. Was the feeling among the Soviet public one of disappointment, of sorrow, that they were being deprived of competition at the highest level? Despite the boycott of Olympiads, the Soviet government was able to create an atmosphere of internationalism. Despite the boycott, uh, the Soviet leadership and the organizers of the Moscow Olympics managed to create uh, this atmosphere and the image of uh, internationalism. Uh, there was an international flavor uh, to the Olympics. People could see on their screens uh, the stadiums full of uh, uh, representatives of different races and creeds and uh, African Americans, you name it. A lot of people came from the West, uh, too, a lot of athletes came from the West, and they uh, essentially um, uh, represented uh, themselves privately and walked, marched uh, with the Olympic flags. Нужно сказать о том, что бойкот — это такая неотъемлемая часть 
during the uh, ceremony of opening and uh, closure of the Olympic Games, the operators did a stunning great job of picking up the international faces from the audience of the stadium. So it did, it did indeed create that picture, that image of a major international event. When it came to 1984 uh, Los Angeles Olympics, the Soviet Union uh, took revenge and also boycotted uh, the Los Angeles Olympics. Uh, so you could say that uh, when it comes to that period in history, a boycott was an intrinsic part of the Olympic movement, so to speak. And uh, of course, uh, the Soviet pr propagandists uh, engaged the same tools and the same arguments when it came to choosing to boycott LA Olympics in 1984. Essentially, when it came to the uh, crocodile response uh, to the boycott, the Soviet boycott, uh, of uh, the uh, Los Angeles Olympics, then uh, the way it was depicted is, for instance, one of the caricatures depicted uh, an FBI agent uh, carrying an Olympic torch, and of course there was a price uh, uh, to pay for such an honor. Essentially everything was pictured the way uh, to reflect uh, that everything in, in the West is for sale and whatever committee or uh, ministry uh, in the US had more money, the more money they had, the more privileges uh, and the more representation they had at the Olympics. So everything was for sale. Did Crocodile survive the collapse of the Soviet Union and the end of the Cold War? Crocodile I have to say that uh, people who actively participated in Crocodile, they lived for a long time. For instance, Boris Yefimov, the main uh, caricature uh, artist uh, of Crocodile, uh, political caricature artist of Crocodile, he lived for all, over 100 years and uh, witnessed the 20th century and the 21st century. But with, uh, when the perestroika started, Crocodile was also active. Now, after perestroika, the interest to satire and humor kind of uh, uh, dissented uh, because people were very much preoccupied uh, with the economic survival and uh, humor. humor was not uh, the number one priority. So Crocodile essentially sort of vanished into thin air. Yeah. You've been listening to a podcast from the series Key Moments in Cold War Sports History, a project bringing together experts from around the world and hosted here on the Wilson Centre's online digital archive at digitalarchive.org. These podcasts are part of the project The Global History of Sport in the Cold War, which is sponsored by the National Endowment of the Humanities, directed by Professor Bob Edelman of UC San Diego, Professor Chris Young from the University of Cambridge, and Dr Christian Osterman of the Woodrow Wilson Centre, and run in collaboration with the German Historical Institute Moscow, the Jordan Centre for Advanced Russian Studies at New York University, and Pembroke College, University of Cambridge. The presenter is Vince Hunt and the series is produced by Vince Hunt and Laura Deal.